What's up everybody? Thank you so much for coming back for this episode of the Provise Project. That's your boy Simprovise. On this episode we have Duan Motu. Duan is uh, the head of LPL, which is Let's Play Live. They host a lot of the eSport events going on in New Zealand. And uh, yeah, it was great to just pick his brains on where he thinks eSports is going. And um, yeah, just in general, he's a basketball head as well. So that was pretty cool to chop it up about basketball. Um, but yeah, uh, I just want to take this opportunity to thank everybody that's uh, financially helping out the podcast on the Patreon. Um, I really appreciate it. It's uh, it's keeping me afloat, so I just want to say thanks. Got to pay these bills. Uh, but anyway, I uh, hope you guys enjoy this. Hope you enjoy um, the bants, and we'll see you at the end of the podcast. All right, are we there, Dwan? I'm here, bro. How are you? I'm fucking awesome, brother. I'm great. Oh, shit. Bro, how good is the last dance? Oi, how good? I just heard someone in the chat, bro, calling you out, calling you Jerry Krause. That's rough. I know. Rough. I know that person, too. I used to coach that that, that kid that said oh, that. No respect lazy. for the coaches, man. Come on. Bro, laziest player I've ever coached in my life. Bro. He's the oh. guy. Bro, you're like, yo, full court. Let's run it. We're down. He's like, no, 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 zone, coach, zone. Like, <laughs> zone, coach, zone, zone, zone. You put them on wall sets, bro. Sit them on the wall. Say, yeah, okay, sweet. Sit on the wall set. Do some suicides. <laughs> Not allowed to do it anymore. Back in the day, which was wall sets and suicides for the old school ballers. But now it's all like, no, we've got to, you know, do mini games and whatnot, bro. That was, nah, that's how people got good, bro. Wall oh, sets, you're, listening, like, you're listening to Vince too much, hey? That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, Vince, my <laughs> My man Vince Manhattes. Yeah, man. uh, and that's it, bro. It's all about the European uh, small ball, you know. Whereas I'm back at like, the old school, it was like ah, grind them, bro. Grind the axe, make them run, get them used to. It. Well, like that was the the cool thing in um, the last dance. He was like, "Yo, if you can't get used to this pressure, that you're not good enough to play in the playoffs." Or, and bro, it's true, man. Like it's hundred percent true. Oh, he was ruthless, and that was the thing. But people forget, like you know. <laughs> It, it, like obviously shows how old we are man but back in the day like that that's no social media no youtube and that guy is goat you know what i mean like that guy is just like ruthless six championships like lebron's my guy but man he's no mj mj's the guy man not at all. like yeah i was um yeah lebron's my guy too but i was like uh, after watching that i was like uh, and even i i watched an interview with lebron about like uh about it and he was just like nah man like there's no doubt there's no doubt that this is He's the ghost, and I was like, "Oh yeah, my man, my man, Bron." Anyway, yeah. bro, let's get on. Let's get on track here. Let's get on track, bro. For the people that don't know you, Duan, who are you, bro? Um, yeah. Well, firstly, thanks for having me on. Flash haircut, nice suit. Um, on your behalf, so I appreciate that. No one can see me, so you know you don't know what I'm wearing. But um, for people that don't know me, um, my background is in gaming, so most people know me as uh, one of the founders of Let's Play Live. Um, but um. Before that, I actually started a TV channel called Garage TV. If there's anyone out there that's a action sport kind of uh, connoisseur, so that was kind of the history. But then I actually spent like 10 years working in um, in video games and um, here in New Zealand and overseas on the publisher side, um, and then also sit uh, on the New Zealand Esport Federation, which I know was a hot topic for some people in the chat and other people you've had on. But yeah, that's the background, man. So um, sort of, I guess, old school in gaming, old school and um, and ball and and then, of course, uh, some action sports. As a, with, with, like, gaming, in terms of, like, your background and, like, playing games, what was the first one that you can remember going way back? What was the first game you could, you, you can remember? Yeah. Well, a 
again, you know, I, I don't know how old some of the people in the chat, I mean, you get this, but yeah, it was like, uh, really? a lot of care. Yeah, I get it. Hey, how old do I look? Hey, you look, um, oh no, no, you're young. So maybe not you, but maybe, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, so the first thing they had this dude down the road, one of those guys who had like heaps of heaps of money versus us who didn't. And he had the Commodore 64 put the tape in. And so that was the first kind of hit out. Um, and that was wicked. And then a mate of mine, um, got, uh, Leisure Suit Larry. So, so we jammed that, you know what I mean? You had to type in the old, uh, are you 18? And then answer the questions. And then the first thing we had at home, the first home console was Alex, the kid master system. Um, and then of course, spaces, man, you know, I, where I, um, locally down there where I grew up, there was, you know, obviously spaces. And back in the day, there was like in the small area, there was like two full on spacey parlors down there. So it was like, go down there, watch people put their twenties on my cousins and whatnot, and just go jam. And obviously, uh, see who was the best at, you know, street fighter or, or whatever it was. So that's kind of the, yeah, that they're the old school ones, man, for me. All right, I'm going to blow your mind right now, Duane, okay? You're going to buzz You're going to buzz out, okay? Did you ever play softball, bro? Softball? Is that actually softball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that Leisure, leisure, leisure Suit Larry? Yeah. Game? Yeah. Was it a kid called Joel Oswald that you went to his house? Joel Oswald, yeah. Well, actually, no, it wasn't Joel's house, but yeah, of course I know Joel, man. Yeah, yeah, I was slightly older than Joel, but yeah, Joel's picture for a uh, really good picture. Yeah, do you know Joel? Joel's my cousin, bro. Oh, well, then you know the story. He was one of those dudes who, yeah, probably had a Commodore 64, the latest Atari, he had the nice PC. <laughs> you know the deal. Bro, I used to, this is going to buzz you out too, bro. My mom, like I used to be a naughty kid and my mom sent me over to my aunties over there and I used to live with Joel. And I do remember you, bro, from as a little kid. Bro. I remember going, I, I can't remember for your house, but I, I do remember you. Yeah, because I've got a twin brother. People are probably buzzed yep. out about that. I've got a twin brother. We used to have run the mullets, man, like the spiky Atawa and the Nikau haircuts. Yeah, bro. And that was our go because we were leagueies. And yeah, and then my cousin as well, who um, later on lived with Joel as well, man. So, yeah, bro. That was it. Yeah, so you're dead right, man. That is exactly it. Like, yeah. So people in the chat so, probably buzzing out like that's Yeah, like true. You know, that thing was good pre-targeting. Uh, so yeah, I, I live with Joel. Like like actual actual cousins, not the old, oh, the other cousin cousin. No, no, no. <laughs> Like his his mum Tilly was is yeah. my mum's my mum's sister and Steve is my favourite uncle of all time. No way! That is that yeah that is a small world. Yes, yeah, so that's right. Yeah, that was that back then, and everyone used to just ride around the blocks. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Man. And Joel was a really good softball player. Obviously, yeah, yeah. He plays right now. But yeah, he's good. Yeah. He's yeah he's he's that's yeah that's my kids. I used to yeah um and then they moved me. <laughs> I, I tell this this story in my chat all the time about the time I got uh I had to live with my uncle in Takapuna and and I got I was there for like a week and I got sent back home because I was I stole a Nintendo 64. <laughs> Too naughty. Too naughty. To, they sent me over there. They go, oh man, go and stay with Steve. And if you know Steve, he's like an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, stay with Steve. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then um yeah the first day I went to Dick Smith and just took just straight up took a Nintendo 64. <laughs> <Fuck> <laughs> you go. Do you remember like down in um because obviously you know, where Joel ended up used to living um, down in uh, Browns Bay. Browns Bay, obviously, you know, there was United Video down there, had all the, the spaces, and then they um, opened up that other arcade. And Friday night, it was like you'd go do league training at the park down there, then you'd go up, jam down there at United Video, then there would be ball on at the rec centre down there, and that was just like Friday night, like hardcore. And then and then uh, the older kids would all be able to go and jam on the other, um, the other spaces down there. There was actually quite a bit of a thing back then, back down there. 
So, like, the reason why I knew this, and I didn't bring it up, okay, because I was like, I don't want to be eat us. But, like, um, when the one time that I, and we're going to get into this, man, about the UFC <laughs> stuff. When I, when I went to, when you were working at um, Monaco, wait. Monaco, Monaco, yep. I went there, and then I go, and then after that, because it was over the shore, and then I went to Joel's for dinner, and I go, oh, yeah, man, I just went to go, and I goes, bro, what bro was there? And I was like, get out of here. What are you doing? He's like, I fucking know that. That's the fun of they hooked me up. He's like, oh, get out of here. And then all this happened. And then I was like, oh, wow, look at that. Small world. Oh, yeah. Anyway. You know, but for those that don't know, that's probably a good point, though. The Monaco days, um, that's a good sort of interesting story because um, – that place, so Monaco was, um, you know, for people that are tuning in, it was like um, a consumer electronics place, and it was full of, like, you know, people would do Casio in there, there was Panasonic TVs, there was whiteware, there was lighting, and actually, it actually has great history, in, um, like, in the publisher side of New Zealand gaming, and that's kind of where I had the first break, and what happened was, um, a mate of mine, as I came back from overseas, and I was doing action sports, was like, hey, um, through the Japanese connection, you know, like distributing, um, you know, Casio, they were like, um, you know, the Nintendo GameCube. Um, yeah, like we need some people, you know, someone to work on the marketing for that. And that was where the Nintendo GameCube um, was obviously distributed. And after that was distributed, obviously from a business point of view, they were like, man, like we can't make any more money because they're not going to make another one of these for about another 10 years. Um, and so that was when um, Monaco got into publishing and getting into the video game side of it. So there was like, THQ, Ubisoft, a um, whole bunch of titles under there. So it, it, it was massive. And everyone that worked in that office um, when I was in there kind of all went over to kind of hit up big companies over in Australia, and they're still there. You know, people like ran, like Ben Ward ran Sega Australia, Mike Kolodensky, second in charge of Ubisoft, Apex still now. So that was the sort of, yeah, that was the kind of the, the dawn of discs in New Zealand and obviously grew out from distributing all those games. So that was Monaco. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's uh, cause we ran, because I was working at uh, RVB, a place in town, and you guys ran like an <laughs> E3 night. That yep. was how the first time I met you. We played UFC, and then I you had too a, good. You were too good, remember? Oh, hey, 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 hey. Okay, we're going to get to that. Okay, because I've got a fucking bone to pick. Okay, I've just got to put that out there. Um, but uh, yeah, that's when I met you. And then uh, my good friend Chris, he was running Game Console Magazine, and he used to yep. always like get me on to just run reviews. And then he said, man, like, do you want to go out and play it? And then I got there and I was like, oh, it's the pro from um, thing. And then, yeah, you let me jam that for as long as I want. It was the best. It was the best. Do you know what? There's great, um, great story in there too, because um, you know when, uh, so what used to happen, and, and people remember this, right? This is all pre kind of YouTube back in those days, really. And what they'd do is they would fly over, and this was part of my first job in gaming. They would fly me over to say Ubisoft and they would give me a level right? They would say, you're going to demo a level for people like your bro, Chris, right? They would go test them. So it's hands off first. Now it's sort of like a video that you'd show behind um, closed doors. Remember the night up at, um, at your old work that we did, um, it was Splinter Cell, I'm pretty sure. And what we'd do is we'd bring everyone in and then I'd do the demo, right? You go, okay, welcome in, put the microphone in, thanks heaps for coming. And man, I hadn't practiced it at all and shows how bad I am at gaming. And I literally, if I was like, oh, now I'll be sweet, I'll be sweet. And then everyone came in there, including the top dog from um, uh, from UV and also uh, head due to EB Games. And I got stuck behind the rock, bro, and I couldn't get out of the rock. And it just stuck there for ages and ages, man. That was embarrassing. Almost, lost my, job. Almost lost my job. Really? Yeah. Just for that? Well, because the whole thing was like, back in those days, it was like, you know, that could like, lose them heaps of money and the idea was that's why they trained you to do it and then that was like you know the whole people like your bro chris or whoever it was game planet back in those days the nz gamer 
writing about it, right? So if you were kind of junky and not teaching it the right way or showing them the right level, that could ruin them, you know? That was the kind of thing. So they were like, dark as. Um, but obviously, I'm not sure we're going to talk about it later, but the splinter cell thing, that was way worse than that. Is a splinter yeah. cell story? Oh, wait, wait. It's, it's coming up. Okay. okay. I've got I've got it in I jump around. I jump around. <laughs> it's okay. Because coming back to that USC thing, this is the bone I need to pick. Okay. <laughs> now listen here, mate. Okay. We we're here talking about competitive esports. Okay. Right. You ran you ran this UFC tournament. Okay. Yes. And I, this is after all this shit. Okay. And this is this is actually detrimental towards my growth as an esport competitor. Okay. Right. And, and and I need to point fingers, mate. Cause I rocked in there and I was like, you know what? I'm going to win the, I'm going to win this shit. Really? I walked into it and you just looked me dead in the eye and you said, nah, bro, sorry, not you. And I was like, oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I was there to win, bro. I was there to fucking go for it. Eh? Like I, I got in. So to, to get a little backstory, you're working with PlayStation. Yeah. At the time. And then they ran this uh, UFC tournament. It was like for presses. And shit. It wasn't like professional. And then you said, because you knew I was good at the game, and you looked me dead in the eye, and you go, nah, mate, you're going to destroy everybody here. Yeah, and I said, like, nah, bro, you can't play. You're too good, man. And then and that was the thing. You yeah. was like, oh, sick. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, fuck. I came all the way out here to get <laughs> get these dubs. And then uh, uh, the, the real story is I, didn't e- I emailed you beforehand, and I was like, hey, bro, is it all good? And you're like, nah, bro. <laughs> and then I walked in like, fuck. Yes. <laughs> guy and you never leave it down and that's the thing that's history right there and that's exactly it. So i apologize because you could have been a pro usc professional esport player now if it wasn't for I me know. stunting I the know. that's what i told amy and that's why she gave me at least amy gave me a second chance okay so thank you amy for that one hola <laughs> thank you <laughs> but uh, that was funny man i always and and i was just so salty about it mate. at the time i was like you know what i'm gonna train one of my mates up and then i trained him up and he won it and i was like yeah yeah let's go but that's good. That's a good story from way back. That's the thing. So you yeah, that's the one to hold on to. I know. Well, you know, because we got history, mate. We're history. this is, uh, you know, we've uh, we've our, our our past has crossed many times, even without you knowing, man. You know, it's well, I know now, which is great. I know this is what this is so good about. But anyway, bro, like this is what you're going to bring up. What happened with the Splinter Cell promo, bro? Oh man, this is like no jokes, next level. The story, like, so. As a marketing manager, you know, going back to those Monaco days, we had Splinter Cell launching, right? And people have got to remember at this time that this was no, again, no social media. Social media just started. It wasn't like what it was. It was still in like group chat kind of scenarios, like blogs around the world. And so anyway, I came up with this idea. I was like, right, what we're we going to do for um, to kind of do this Splinter Cell launch is I'm going to get, um, you know, 50 watches and you're going to go around the city um, and then you're going to end up at the viaduct, right? And you're going to end up at the viaduct and you've got to get these watches. And so that was a, that was a general start. And then when I thought, oh, now it would be cool to get like an actor to dress up and look like the dude from Splinter Cell, right? So I did that. I got this company and it's like, man, you're going to dress up. Now we're down waiting for everyone to turn up, right? The first hundred get these badass G-Shock watches. And that was, that was the deal. And what happened was, um, people walk around the city. I was like, this is sweet. We've got a, you know, like this company going down. And it was a Friday night, right? Like a truly Friday night at about seven o'clock. So people were pouring into the bars. It was opposite the the, the um the boat, the what is it, QE2 or whatever, the boat, you know, yeah, the American yeah, yeah. And 
and people knew it was like a not a real thing because I had like some light projection playing the trailer, right? So just in case people kind of worked out what was going on. But you got this dude dressed up. He's waving, and this is where it got bad. He's waving a pistol, right? Like a plastic pistol around, right? Because it's like he's trying to be splinter cell, but it's fake. So people in the bar start freaking out, like, like who's this dude who looks sketchy, has bandages on his hands and like fake stub like stubble and a, and a gun. And then, and so then I like pull up. So I, I was like parked around the back. And as I come around the corner, this is a true story. I come around the corner and I'm trying to find a park um, opposite the, the Viaduct in Auckland there. And all these cop cars and paddy wagons are there, like straight up. <laughs> I was sitting there and I'm in my mind cracking up going, oh man, like, you know, some bar's about to get jacked for like, you know, for drugs and, um, you know, gang affiliates or whatever. And so I was just laughing to myself. And as I walk in and I literally was about to go shake the guy's hand, um, Looking after, there was about 25 cats down there, you know, getting the new Splinter Cell game. Boom, bum rushed by full paddy wagons. There was literally like 30 cops with full riot gear, proper guns, pinned us straight to the ground, bro. Everyone's on the ground, jammed up against fences, like getting screamed at, like full noise, bro, like going crazy. And then, um, and I was like, you know, we all spooked out, like, man, man. And then the guy's like, who's in charge? Who's in charge? And I was like trying to like put my hand up. The dude who we kind of engaged to do it was like, no, nah, no, nah, it's me. And then they all let us go. The guy goes, oh, no, it was me. It's like my company, you know, like it was me that did it. So they're like, it was like freaking out, like, holy shit. Now, like the Vidac's closed off. Two bars are closed. Like, this is bad. And then, like, you know, you got 50, like, cops down there, armed defenders, guns. Like, it's nuts. And then I was like, oh, shit. So I go to the office, ring my bosses. And like, we got to get together. Like, this is what happened. And people got to realize um, it's going to be bad. And then, no jokes, media starts ringing me, right? ringing me, ringing me, ringing me, ringing me. Like, you know, you're the guy, like they found me, like they, they found me, right? So then they're like, what are we going to do? I'm like, oh my God, it's so bad, man. Like, and then I said to my bosses, look, man, I I'm going to have to take a call and just tell the media I'm sorry. And so I did, but I was rattled as and I was young. And I, what I said, and you can like Google this, man, and people probably will in the chat. Right. It's like, oh, sorry, it was marketing gone wrong. That was my, my quote, right? And it was like pinned on the New Zealand Herald. That got picked up. It got pinned on the front page of, like, the Sydney Morning Herald. It then goes to every blog. It was a front page story on every single gaming, no, sir, every single gaming outlet in the world. This is, like I said, pre-Twitter, pre-anything. And it's going, whatever. Then I jump into some of the, and, like, you know, I never do this ever again. Now, I jumped into the blogs, and there's people from Texas. There's people, like, hundreds, thousands of people commenting. And because my name was in there, they were pinning my name and going, yeah, come to Texas, I'll show you a real gun. I'll shoot you down, boy. Like, people <laughs> fully killed, like, death, like, full death threats, man. I'm dropping the next year, for, like, full noise, man. Yeah, full noise. Then I'm driving along, like, I like in the movies, I change the channel. I hear the ZM talking about, oh, did you hear about that stunt? Like, that guy's a fucking idiot. And they were talking about me. And then um, I was like, change the channel again. And so now I'm like, holy shit. So then I've got to try to get myself out of it with Ubisoft, right? So then I'm like, shit. But... What happened was in three days, we were the fastest selling territory of Splinter Cell in the world. Sold out. Boom. Because everyone was talking about it, right? Everyone. Yeah. So then, and then and then as it has, I, I end up back at E3 um, up there. And I'm like, oh, no, I've got to go into Ubisoft booths, right? And, then, and if anyone knows Ubisoft as a business, they're like really straight edge, man. Like they're like, they don't like any of this stuff. And I've almost lost my job. They've basically said to me like, this is like the second time, like, you, like that was so bad. And then... Um, and then I walk in there, and the top dude from uh, Ubisoft, oh, well, the Australian guy led me in, Ed Fong, he's actually um, still the head of APAC. He leads me in, he's like, oh, and they chuckled. And I was just, like, trying to hide, but I had to do it for work. And then he literally goes, oh, this is the guy that did that stunt in New Zealand. 
and I was just like ready to melt. And then he basically like whispered, like kind of like, cause you know, couldn't say it open. He goes, I love that. Thank you very much for telling our game that when that did a better job than any of our PR team in France, that is true. And so that is like the bit, man. So yeah, death threats, like nuts. And, um, it could have been bad, man. But, um, and like I said, that was pre that going back to the last arch, right? Jordan, no social media. And that was like, that just become viral and, and nuts. So if people Google it, Google that man, splinter cell, stunt viaduct or something like that and it'll come up man it's crazy yeah because yeah. i i remember because this was not too long after like we we kind of yeah it was all that time where it was like yeah. that's what i was saying like that was around that time and yeah it was just crazy and then yeah like just to have people like calling you out and even now i'll bet you if you if those who are smarter than me on the internet i bet you can find like all sorts about talking it was bad man just because my name was there you know what i mean and that was it at the moment Oh, <laughs> <laughs> resident member of the man he's uh he's csi he's he yeah. knows where to find this stuff but, okay yeah. so yeah so he found it so that was it man so um that was yeah that's a crazy story man that's crazy yeah man like yeah and so like are you dropping nuts i'd be dropping nuts like to lose my job i'd be like fuck i didn't know it was gonna be like this fuck that's crazy man 12 o'clock, yeah, at, yeah. Night, 12 o'clock at night and like you you know mean because you've just walked out of the fight you're you've just been rammed with a gun in the side of your head truly like um and then you're in charge of all of this and then you're getting called like all the like people are trying to get at you from every media outlet news everywhere and you're just freaking and then you got to go front up to your bosses at the time and you're sitting there and then you have to ring australia and tell them that they're about to get flamed in the next 24 hours because it's about to go crazy so you know what i mean it was like that was like oh man i'm i'm gone again like i thought the other one i was gonna lose my job that was like you're gonna really lose your job oh i reckon sheesh yeah, I mean, like, um, but the, but you kept going, like, in terms of like uh, marketing and, and and all that stuff, right? Correct, like, yeah, kept, yeah, yeah. Kept going, and but that's what you know, like, that's the thing, right? Like, you wear the scars, but like, you you just seen it, you know what I mean? Like, good and bad. Like, I didn't go out there to do it, but you know, and some somebody once told me is like, man, that's like, you know, no publicity is bad publicity and like you know you think ubisoft in that instance spend probably at the time you know millions marketing their game yet some dude down in little old new zealand manages to get on the front page of every gaming blog in the world right by doing it so it was kind of like good and bad but you learn the kind of the evil of media you learn like you know what i mean like how the publishers roll when they're good obviously everything's good you know but when it's bad like unless you've been through that you don't know what bad looks like right so um, and that's the thing, you know, as we'll probably talk about LPR later or, or whatever, like there's some real stories like that's the thing is that's what hardens you to, you know, a life now of like um, being in the media a bit more about gaming, right? Is like it didn't just start because of LPR that people know now. Like this was like, you know, that's going back 15 or whatever time, right? I've been, been in gaming 15 years or something. So it was like that stuff makes you ready, you know what I mean? Even though you don't know it at the time. So, like, moving into LPL, how did it, how did that transition from there? Because you were at, uh, were you at Five Eight for a little while at the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so Monaco's this big, you know, gaming distributor of games, and that's kind of, you know, that kind of historical of delivering video games to New Zealand market. Lots of, lots of, and it's really interesting that got to, I had to tell that story because it tells, you know, I would say to people, you know, life is serendipitous, right? Like, you just got to be a good dude. Like you're saying, right? Like, look at the stories that we started with. I didn't even know that, like, you're going to cross paths, right? Now here we are, like, whatever many years later. And that's especially New Zealand, right? So you've got to make sure you always kind of try to be, I, I always say to, you know, kids now, it's like try to always be honest and as best as you can because you don't know what's going to be, you know, what's going to happen in life. So it'll come back around. So 
Maria Kamenaka meet all these people. All these people go on to be really, you know, kind of, I guess, well-respected and kind of senior in their in gaming publishing, right? And then I've worked in it for a long time. And then I'm, and my passion is, um, you know, outside of ball is action sports. And, you know, some people don't know that, but like that's that whole carriage TV. So I've, I've had enough of gaming. I want to go back. I was the head of, I launched, I was part of the group that launched Mambo, right? Do you remember the, the fighting dog t-shirts? Like the old yeah. school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was actually um, surfed in the Gold Coast, lived over there in the Goldie um, between New Zealand and the Gold Coast. My mum and dad split when I was growing up. That's why I learned to surf and whatever. And um, I met like a lot of those kind of, you know, top dudes. And then I was in London and I was, I did Mambo. I came back to New Zealand um, and I, and then I was the head of Globe Surf and Skate for a lot of years, right? Like that was what my, my background was. So I'm, in, I'm at, um, you know, uh, globe i've got a surf team i'm kind of in the apparel game the rag trade it's youth right like it's totally the same sort of cup of tea and then um and then yeah i went back into gaming with um with 58 um and they asked me to come back um, but i'd always had those deep ties to kind of action sports so then i'm in the airport in sydney and i bump into the guys who and, and this is a cool story like for people showing like that technology thing right is i bump into these the two guys and we used to distribute dvds man like surf dvds into surf stores right? mm. like that was like the taylor steels um for those you know like quite well known and back in the day no one believed that like there was no youtube there was no like um spotify or anything like that going on so they were just like get a dvd player and that was your that was your vibe right and they were they were just doing that to sell um to sell clothes they weren't there to sell it as um as content right yeah. and so these dudes said to me at the time five years before when I was at Globe, he's going, man, we're going to turn it into a streaming platform. We're going to do this. Wow. It's like going to be the future. And I'm like, man, that's so dope. Like I totally get that. And, um, and then he's like, yeah, cool. And they were like, you know, 10 years older than, than I was at the time. And I could see it, but couldn't quite feel it. Right. Cause you know, that's a big play. Like when you haven't seen it in the world before and they went around the world, got Red Bull, they got everyone. Right. And they put it together and they have a Google garage. Like they actually sold it for like, 30 million, right, as a streaming platform. It was like pre, um, pre-Netflix, pre pre-Amazon, pre-any of that, right? You pay to subscribe to do it. So that that was going on, and I'm walking through, um, and I was with 5.8 at the time, and um, and I bump into them at Sydney Airport, and they're like, and I was like, man, congratulations, that is so um, damn wicked. Like, congratulations, you boys are like, you know, you did it, it's amazing, like, that's so rad. And then they're like, and we used to talk about turning on a TV channel. And so I said to them, man, if you ever want to get into it, I'd love to try and make a TV channel, um, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, cool. And then, and then we did it. Like we literally like went across that journey. I left gaming again. And then that's why I started garage. And, um, again, you know, that whole circle of like, wouldn't have known them, you know, if I hadn't been at globe. And then of course I go into, um, I go into garage and by now I'm kind of like out of gaming, right? Like I'm like kind of done. I'm like, like I always loved the industry, but I kind of was like, cool, I'm going to, do this for New Zealand, you know, like this is the first time people are going to see live surfing on the tallies and live snowboarding. And that's going to be like a legacy play for me. And that's going to be cool. And, um, and then we're doing that. And then we get a phone call from sky TV going, Hey, do you know, um, uh, do you know about E, um, what do they call it? Um, not yeah, E gaming. They go, do you know E gaming? And I'm like, um, yeah like but you know this is like korea has done their thing this is just after heroes of the um heroes of the dawn had just dropped on espn they had done that first televised esport event and sky had been up there in the u.s or something so sky and you remember this is why it's important because it would have never have happened otherwise right now i've got a studio like in town 
cameras. I've got a direct feed to Sky TV. I understand how to make TV. I understand youth content in a general way, right? Like slightly different, but the same. And then they go, do you know about e-gaming? And I just was like, yeah, I know it's not e-gaming, man. You know, it's like e-sports, but like no one does it. Like, it's crazy. Like you can't do this. It's like technology. It just doesn't exist. And he's like, Sky, like, what if we took a backing? Like, you know it, like, and they didn't know my background, dude. They was just like, oh, you're the, you're the action sport guy and youth guy. You must know how to do this. And I was like, yeah, and I'm always a yes guy, right? Like, we'll figure it out later. Um, and that's when you make mistakes, right? But it's always, like I say to people, it's better to have tried and failed, right? Than to just sit there and throw rocks on the side and have done nothing, you know? Like, it's easier for me to tell these stories and go, man, it was bad, you know? Like, and I'm honest. Like, I tell my team now at LPL, I'm honest. Like, if we're bad, we're bad, but we want to get better. And we tried. It's better than doing nothing. So I was like, yeah, man, cool. Yeah, I can do that for you, man. I can do that, right? And so we went about it. And this is, um, so now I'm tasked with in about, a month to turn on the the third territory in the world ever. Full stop, a live linear TV broadcast. There is no blueprint. And people got to understand this, right? Like this is that whole thing about you want to talk about being ballsy. You want to talk about what's not good and oh, I don't like that graphic or, or that was shit. It's like, okay, see how you'd go if someone said to you, do something and you've got no, there's nowhere to look, but you can't Google this. This is like, you're going to try, right? So then I ring up, um, you know, the dudes like Paul at Playtech, Cam Russell was involved because they had League of Legends, you know. Um, Jason was um, around that round table, like and Jason Spiller, because he was um, tied up, you know, with that kind of community. And we kind of are trying to pull people around going, man, we've got to turn this thing on. Um, we've got the studio, but we want that kind of, how are we going to do it? And if you look back, the very first event was um, not under LPL. It was just called the NZ Gaming Championship. And it just had me presenting with Cam Russell. I think Theo was in there. Um, some of these old school like kind of names um, banding around and they're still on the scene now, um, which is cool. But we're all on that project and we're talking, man. Think about this. You're live on TV for eight hours. No one has ever done this. You have no permission from Riot. You have server updates that could go down at any time. You are holding together internet, like hoping that internet's strong enough to deliver a live tournament. Like, this is what it was like with pretty much tape, bro, tape and wire. That was how we went down. And that was the NZGC. And that's um, and um, to wrap that story up, that's so that's the very first kind of bit where I did e-gaming, as it was called back, you know, what people want to call it, but obviously esports. And then um, and then from that, obviously, it was the journey of LPL because um, after that, um, that's when um, John, who was ex-Duco, he, he, um, and Duco's, you know, Shane Cameron, David Tour, he rung me up from Sydney and was like, oh, you did the, um, you did the gaming championship, man. I'm like, looking at this, can we get involved? And I was like, well, I'm actually into this. I'm more the surfing guy that knows gaming from my corporate background. And we did this, but it's like, we're not, I'm not sure about this right now. You know what I mean? Like, cause no one had done it, but then the phone's ringing hot. People are like, kind of like, that's so cool. Like whether it's international or media or, or people, players, people were just like, man, we want to keep going right and i was just like man it was a big call right like because at that point it's like do you go and chase esports or do you continue chasing action sports man um yeah so like um moving like with lpl and stuff when when was the decision to go yo this is what we're doing bro let's fucking get on it well that was it right that was the decision that was the one going right and and this is the bit so then i'm like okay i have to make a decision and this is you know impacts your family it impacts everything you're doing right um because, you know, I've got two kids and a, and a wife and, you know, it's like you're taking risks 
um, that I don't mind taking personally, but by leaving what has been built to start something that had never been done and you're not sure how it's going to go and all that, then it was let's go. And then so we, we uh, created Let's Play Live and then did the second event. And at this point, I'm like working from home out of a cafe. John is in Sydney um, and it's literally like we're going to try to do this, you know what I mean? Like it was like um, and where I was lucky was I was able to, and this is a really important bit, you know, we always talk about, you know, the, the community and you talk about the fans and you talk about what what they want. But the reality is that's important at one end of the spectrum. But the other spectrum is if you don't get approval from publishers, you've really got nothing. You know, it all starts with the publisher going, we're going to give you the rights, we're going to let you do it. And I was really lucky because I knew these people. So our second event was um, for Let's Play Live, the first actual Let's Play Live event. But the kind of the second event I did was um, – with um, the, the New Zealand Vodafone Warriors, and we did um, modern, uh, sorry, uh, Call of Duty, and that was the first LPL event, right? That was the one that we kind of went, and that was like um, where we brought in sports groups. You know, people were like, oh, you know, sports now. It's like, man, we did that then. But the story, and this is again, and I know I'm mindful of time, so hopefully, you know, just move me along. If not, it's just how I get, yeah. bro. You know that? Yeah, bro, you're right. Is is and this is another great story, right? So I ring up. Um, like I'm not going to jump names, but basically someone really senior at Activision in this part of the world, right? And you got to remember, Activision owns MLG, which is an esport business, right? And we are nobody. LPR is nobody. Like fuck, you just me, right? Out of a cafe, and and John had come across, um, and sort of had you know put money into, it. and so we go, okay, cool. I'm going to do this. Um, we're going to drop it. But when we dropped Infinite Warfare in New Zealand, it's going to be live on Sky, the Warriors and it became kind of a media frenzy, people kind of wanted to see it, it got all the way back to the US, I'm standing there for the first broadcast in the studio, I'm presenting, I've got my suit on, and I get a phone call from um, this person who's uh, quite senior within um, ANZ, and he goes, oh, and he had said yes to me to use the title, and he goes, you've got to pull the whole event, you've got to pull the whole event, and I go, oh my God, what do you mean? Like, no way, bro. This is like six o'clock. We're about to go to air at seven, whatever. And I'm already nervous trying to, you know, get ready prepping for presenting. And, you know, the whole event's gone. Teams are there. And um, and he said, oh, MLG and Activision have found out about it. And you're actually about to do it. And it's before it happens in the US. So you're about to drop it. And they, like, because, you know, he kind of didn't realize the kind of the scale that this would become. And it just got like, out of hand. So I said to him, man, and, I, you know, in real time, you have to think quick in these things. And I said, listen, as a friend, can you just hang up the phone and just say that you never had this conversation with me and we'll pick it up tomorrow morning? Because I can't turn this thing off. You know, I've got I've got 20 staff. I've got three – Smack on the hand, right? Yeah, we're just going to have to do it, man. And um, so I just did that. So I just said, let's just do it. And then literally, boom, the Warriors run there. Like, um, you know, all the all – the, old school cod dudes in there it was a really great kind of um event people kind of loved it it was you know look it's not perfect but it was dope for the time and literally the end then mlg and activision basically kind of like gave us props and were like okay cool whilst we don't like you doing it they let us roll out eight weeks worth bro and and that was it and that was my first inkling into um being really careful with publisher ip you know where i'm like you'll never see our enter into even though people ask us hey can you do this game can you do that why don't you do that it's because actually the publisher dictates a lot of what we can and can't do and that was the, the first thing i almost had legal action man on like that straight up like they were they were coming for us with lawyers from the u.s to shut that thing down and then i would have law problems with um with uh sky tv and the rest goes on right so true story man so that's how that that was the beginning of lpl 
Alright, so like right now, what's the like in terms of like structure of LPL? What is uh like? It's you at the top, and then how does that structure go work? Yeah, so 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 then we went along, um, and then obviously got momentum. And when I say went along, it was really like myself. Um, uh, John was based in Sydney, um, and so he had come from you know a background um, as far as you know promotion and boxing, and you know I think that's where there's you know a lot of um, his background had been built up, but he he had a lot of like those kind of connections and media and obviously understood that kind of big box mentality of kind of you know promoting an event um though it didn't come from you know obviously the gaming background that i had and then we um we went to market and we got invested and we're looking for investors because ultimately it's a it's a big money game right and there's a lot of probably community crew out there that knows it you know like it's it's just hard to spend money in this game you know and so for us it was all about we're going to have to get scale you know if you're going to play against esl and you're going to be like global and really make a mark you're going to need not not even thousands or hundreds of thousands, you're going to need like millions, right? You're going to need to build it. Um, and that's um, and that's what we went. And so we, we had lots of people, Silicon Valley money. We had all sorts of people coming out of the Woolwork, as I can't mention, but, you know, senior, senior people and brands want to invest in Let's Play Live for the vision. And they um, and then we went with Sky City. And everyone always asked me, like, why Sky City? But at the time, um, and, you know, they're still a partner now. So they invested um, and bought 40% of Let's Play Live. And that, that money went into staff. That went into building the LPL studio in Auckland. Um, and it was just about kind of scale, right? Like, it's not about people getting rich off. It's about doing it. But Sky City is a great partner in the sense of they had a facility. They had an iconic location. They have, you know, um, understanding of um, all sorts, you know, from accountancy, you know, how to how to help at a startup you know we're a startup at that point like just to really frame the business for scale um but equally they had a theater we could access they have fmb they had um access to all the sporting groups and um celebrities so it kind of aligned at the time for our strategy and that's how it happened bro so then and then last year about a year ago john exited so john's no longer with um with lpl um so he works on other projects that he wants and like i said because he's based out of out of sydney you know and, and lots of other things he's been an entrepreneur all his life so he kind of exited so now it's just myself at the top sky city's um the back and then we've got a great team you know everyone works hard in there and and what i love is just um you know we always say you know we, we think we're doing good work and you know you've got some great people i think you know whether it be stella amy ricky you know people who who are there they're trying to make a living do their bit you know um and whilst we don't always get it right we think we're doing good you know growing growing the scene in our niche you know and what we're trying to do which has always been about growth and big box type type stuff so that's how it is it's basically me at the top now man um the lonely soul up there and then um and then but i've got a good team man and that's how um and that's lpr that's the structure all right so what like uh so say for instance there's you're the top and then like let's say an idea comes across or there's a tournament that's happening or something like that so you come up from here who like down down next would be you know, like Amy to, to do everything. How does that kind of work? I, I have no clue. I'm... Yeah. So, um, so really what, what happens for us is we, um, like there's a couple of levers, you know what I mean? Like there's, um, depending on what you look at. So for us internally, because we have the, um, you know, we purchased a cyber gamer platform, which has leagues on it. We, um, Amy is, um, you know, in charge of that whole kind of platform and leagues. And so her job is really to really oversee and making sure that those titles are there. And then before we even drop those titles on the platform, we'll go and get the IP approval, right? Like we'll get the publisher to approve. So people always ask us, can you put on, you know, XYZ title? And we try. And sometimes we just can't get approval because um, for whatever reason. So Amy will run that. And that's really the core and the starting point, because once you've got a tournament at a lower level, you can kind of build it up. Um, and then at the, at the higher end, then we decide 
what we're going to do with that, um, you know, the professional part of that, like the higher end. And that's where, like, I'll kind of get the wheels moving a bit and start, you know, going, oh, look, Channel 7 in Australia wants this or Sky TV want that, um, knowing that we've always got it on Twitch, right? So it's more about core stuff want to do that. So all those kind of bigger players want it and we've got to frame it up accordingly. So that's kind of how it works. And then we have a full production team that's run by um, – um, a lady called Mandy and she's been in like literally in traditional TV for like 30 years. So she did like the original, um, you know, she's done X factor and she's worked on docos and all that. And then we've got a bunch of people who are um, gaming people, you know, that, um, you know, disco and the, and the likes of work back in the day with league legends and all that sort of stuff. So it's kind of a, a mix and we kind of get in the war room and go, cool. These are my drivers from a commercial point of view and what say a channel seven or ESPN want. And then Amy will go, well, look, the community wants this or this, um, and here are the complications, and then we string it together. And that's why sometimes we, we, yeah, sometimes we can't get it all the way to the very top because once you go to TV, the IP comes a problem again, you know what I mean? You get like, then you have to go back and ask for it, um, and that's sort of how it all works. It always comes back to the IP and the publisher, but that's how the mix goes for us. Yeah, I think like um, something that I wanted to kind of bring up, I suppose, which, which has been um... – I don't know like a, a, a kind of undercurrent from a lot of people in, in terms of like uh their viewpoint of Alpia uh is the the representation of like gamers do you think that you guys represent community and gamers very well or is that something that you guys need to work on no i think we need to look the first thing is if, i think you know there's always this bit around um you know community of gamers so what i'd say is i think there's a a core element um, you know, if you want to call it the core, you know, whether you think about, you know, some of those, um, you know, larger groups we have in, in New Zealand, you know, Pink Zero or Standing Fierce or, or what I'd call, you know, the community. You know, obviously, I think we could do, a, you know, a far better job within there. Um, and, you know, there, there's times we've reached out and tried. But but also what I always refer to, right, and this comes back to my original gaming days, is um, when you think about gaming, right, and, and this is where people kind of got to understand, the, the majority of gamers in New Zealand, whether you look at stats and this is across the world, is like a triangle, right? Like the top is that community bit, like the people who are really hardcore like yourself and the people who really are in it, right? Um, and the community groups are just kind of mentioned and, and plenty of others, right, across the country. That's the point in. But if you think about the silent majority, like my son, or you think about general, general gamers that are coming through, they have no idea about LPL. They don't really have any idea about, you know, the real hardcore community groups. So do we reflect them? I think we do. I think we reflected a, a, a really good portion of he, people kind of see see me in the media, even though it might be mass, or they, they kind of see it on stuff, or they see us as a general kind of bit, whether we're working with sports groups and whatever. So there's a there's a current there when you say, and that's why I kind of like to define it, saying, do I think in that realm we do a great job and that's where our bread and butter has been and where we've kind of started and kind of, kind of grown into? Yeah, I think we do a good job there. But if you're asking me from a pure gaming at the pointiest end of the community where – we could do a better job. Absolutely. I think um, that's one of the things But um, that people kind of always say to us, oh, I just don't think you represent us or LPL is kind of this big corporate monster. It's like, well, that's probably not true. It's just that, um, you know, if you think about a deface, you know, put faces to it with me or Amy or whoever it might be, it's like we actually are there. And in some ways we feel we're doing a great job for growing esports as a wider group. You know what I mean? Like it's like there's people where – before people wouldn't want to talk about esports and you know whether it be me on the news telling that to ceos so that they go tell someone else to spend money and um and do those things that's important but i think we could certainly work closer with um yeah with other groups and and like i said we, we did some stuff early on with um with dave and standing fish you know early on there was like cam and those guys went on their own bit 
And so I think there was some fracturing early on on the growth of everything. And I think it was a growth of the industry overall, if you ask me my honest opinion. But I really respect all those all those people for being in it, right? Because they're also growing the scene in their way. You know what I mean? And that's what I'd say as someone who sits at this part is it's important to have varying levels of it all. Um, but yeah, if the question is LPL, yeah, I think in a wider sense, absolutely. But can we do a better job at a, at a tight level working at that really pointy end of the community? Then yeah, I think we definitely can do a better job. Because I think, uh, would you agree that like that, like that, what you just described is kind of like the catalyst to some of the uh, ill will. Uh, I don't, ill will is a hard, a hard way, but there is some ill will towards from different communities and different people in the communities towards LPL, and it's quite polarizing. Like it's it's yeah. very like black and white, and there's like great the gray area is not there. But like, do you think that maybe that's the catalyst towards why we kind of have those issues? Is is that connection? I suppose. Yeah, I think so. And and I think also it's like, yeah, absolutely. It's one, it's a small market. I mean, me and you talk about the top. Everyone knows everyone, right? So there's always a story or, or there's whatever. So it is polarizing in a way. And also I think that when you start out, and remember, it always comes back to, if you know me, like you know what we're talking about, is my intention is always to do the right thing, right? To, to make sure that we can be seen to get people jobs, you know, whether it's in my team. It's about true intent about growing um esports at a wider level so that people can have those opportunities um and that's that's really important right and so when you start that journey five years ago as you go through there is collateral damage that i think hasn't been repaired um and you know whether that's people going oh i think they're doing this or they stood on me when they did that or lpr as a as a mythic thing did that or john did that with his with his own dealings all those things come to play and um, and like I say, you know, when you're starting out something from brand new, and that's the issue of general startups, but certainly when you're visible as us and you're as visible as esports and the way the community reacts to that, then it's really, um, yeah, it, it has fractured it. And, and I think, you know, if you ask me what I'd like to see in a couple of years, I think it's really important as a small market and we see, you know, COVID, we should all be trying to align and, and come together, you know. Speaking and that, that, that's speaking that. of, oh, Sorry, sorry. Speaking of that alignment. What is, is there anything like, uh, in the, in like, is there any, who, who's, how can I explain this? Whose job is it to kind of push this alignment and, and mend some of these bridges? Well, it depends how you look at it. I mean, you know, the reality is, is for us, you know, there's times that, you know, even recently we're very happy. Like, I mean, there's twofold, right? Like if you, if you ask about say us as a standalone entity, you're talking about LPR, right? Like you're an, you're a standalone entity. Our job is, you know, to, um, you know, deliver those leagues and we've got, you know, commercial partners and, and the realities of, you know, paying wages. That's that's the reality of what we have to do, right? So we are, we have to look at ourselves in our own insular box about doing what we need to do from that perspective, just like I imagine the other, the other community groups or the universities and, and whatever are looking after it from their lens, right? Like that's their bit, right? They're going, we've got to look after, say, you know, our community or our university group community, whatever that looks like. So everyone starts there. Right, that's the, that's the problem, right? Everyone's looking out from that lens. So how do you bring those in? So for example, it's like, okay, if we're going to do a a tournament, let's just use, um, you know, a standing fierce example. If we're going to do a, a Tekken tournament, you know, it's about, okay, that that relationship going out to, say, Dave and the standing fierce crew who, you know, you've had Dave on, it's like, okay, yes, we should engage him. Now, do they want to engage in that 
that's up to them at that point in time. And but you know that would be beneficial, right? Because ultimately they're the guys who you know guys and girls who deal with that all day every day. You know they're experts in that. But equally, we probably bring a rap where it's like cool, but we've got TV and we've done that with Tegan before. We brought down Saint. Dave was on that broadcast, I think. So yeah, um, yeah, he was, and it was like that kind of we added that, but. How do you align those two two kind of areas together, right? Is it better that we go together, or is it we better we go separately? And in some occasions, you can't you, you can't do both, right? Like you have to be one or the other. But the many of the bridges can be both ways. So I think you know, for us, I just want to be you know put on the record is absolutely in that instance um, or instances like that, totally keen, totally right. Like if someone reaches out and and that's maybe the issue is people. I'm always here, you know, Tim. Like if you email me, I always try to get back to people within you know, 48 hours. So if someone goes, hey, man, I, and I, you know, mentor people, you know, outside of gaming or whatever, and I try to get back and help the kids or whatever it might be. So if someone comes to me from a community group, man, like, or or whatever, and says, hey, we'd like to do this, then I'm always open for that. But no one has come up to me and ever really said, like, hey, can LPL help us with this at this stage, right? Like, in, in the last couple of years, you know, from memory, no one's really reached out to those senior leaders and gone, hey, would like to do that. It's kind of their state and their silo, and that's really hard to enter that silo if they don't want to open it. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So just be clear. Like we're really cool, particularly me. And I'm speaking on behalf of, I guess, myself. But then that's an extension to LPL. That, um, yeah. If anyone wants to reach out and let's do it, and sincerely, that's great. And I think it'll be better for the scene overall. And we know our place in the world now. You know, our bit is as a let's play live. NZSF totally different, right? Like that's something that could be said. To that. But certainly, LPL is very much about. You know, it's a corporate entity of what it is, and um, and you know, I can control that conversation and narrative. And if someone reaches out, hey man, like we want to do this, that's great. Let's have that conversation and see whether that can align and, and see whether there can be a win for both parties. I think, like, and I'm uh, I'll blow my own trumpet here a little bit. I think there was no kind of like there was there was like no knowledge of who's who, right? For a little while, for a long while, there was like this person's out here. No, no, no. Uh, the the NZD ESF. Like they knew names, but they don't know each other. Like they're not like, oh, cool, I'll come and think. Until we brought Ben on here, and then there was like, okay, well, here's who the guy is. If you've got questions, ask. And there was yeah. that kind of conversation where there was nothing before. And I mean, I didn't go into that for any, you know, like I didn't want to do that to go into it. But it was really kind of like, I don't want to say surreal, but it was just nice to have two sides of each story like banging right next to each other. And I asked Dave, I said, Dave, do you need them? And he said, no. And he said, the only thing I need is a venue. That's really what I need is mm. a venue because I just don't have a venue. And then I was like, well, well, you know, like we could kind of mend this thing and help each other out. And then that was what's really cool about it is that there was, there was a middle, there was somebody in the middle that knew jack shit. Like I didn't know nothing. So that was what's cool about it. And that's what's cool about having you on is that we can kind of like, see your side of the story because it is quite polarizing and you are quite a polarizing figure because if you know like you know i know you before this so i'm like okay yeah that's the bro but like a lot of people you know they're like oh no no, no this this and this and this and this and for me i'm i'm the kind of person that's like yo i'll i'll fucking figure that out for myself thank you but a lot of people don't think like that and i think that's where it goes wrong especially in gamers is that we have a lot of things that kind of get uh, the Chinese whispers happening, and mm. all of a sudden, fucking, you're you're fucking crazy, or you're you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. that's why I'm. It's really important that, and I I feel that it's it's really important to kind of have this conversation, and and that was what's really cool about it. 
Yeah, I agree. I appreciate it. And that's the thing is, um, you know, so that's the Let's Go Live. And like you said, is the, the polarizing bit. And what's really important from that is um, is talking about, I think, you know, and I will touch on the NZSF, but just as, a, you know, that figurehead piece, right, is I never went to do, you know, I never stood up and said, I'm going to represent gamers. Like, no one went, you know, that doesn't happen in the media, right? But thinking about those stories that I told you, time that I've spent, you know, I've got a background in um, presenting sport on Sky TV, prior to all this, you know, which was for boxing and rugby league and that sort of stuff. And, and so I, I understood the media and then just by default, um, you know, it's sort of evolved, right? You become the figurehead, but, but that doesn't mean I represent everyone in the community, but I think it's really important that you get a seat at the table. And you got to remember going back, people used to laugh at me on TV five years ago. And now, you know, you had to, you had your bro, John, you know, your, your brother that you're going to his birthday, you know, John Campbell on the other day. Right. And so he, he invites you on to, to breakfast to talk about gaming. That never happened anywhere like a couple of years ago. So you still kind of need, if you look at me as a character, you do need someone like me to push that that mainstream generic message about gaming, even though it might come across as kind of like, oh, whatever, this dude's back on there. But it's important to have someone like us, you know, like and me in this instance going, hey, it's okay for parents to allow your kids to play Fortnite. It's okay, there's a career path. Oh, it's okay. Let's And, and you remember how many rocks I've taken, right? Like I've taken so many shots that people don't realize. Like, you know, I'm the one that's there because it's not easy. It sounds oh, it's glamorous. You're going to go chat to, you know, JC on um, on the news. That's wrong. Like people, and I don't have any social media, right? But, you know, that's where you got to you take effect. Like I've, I've had parents in the schoolyard have shots of me. You know, my wife had, you know, um, a patient have a shot of her because of who she's married to. You know, like that's real. Like that's not. So, so why would you do this if it wasn't sincere, right? Like you just get out of Dodge. But that's why it's important, right? That's the big thing that I wear a lot of that for wider people and goes back to that point about community is does anyone else really do that is anyone else standing on national news to a million people saying you should game kids it's okay and then actually having to wear that fury if someone is polarizing you know what i mean so there's there's always a polarizing aspect and i wear that wholeheartedly on behalf of i think you know what i believe is gamers for new zealand um and that leads me into the nzsf but right is is you know everyone can have their opinion on that and i think one of the bits is you're right is one understanding that when that thing started, it had it, it has no money. You know, like people were doing it out of their own pocket. I was doing my own time. You know, I'd turn up in the news at five in the morning out of my own time. You know, leaving my family, my kids. I'm putting the money into to, for the petrol. I'm the one doing it. So it, it became, um, you know, life work if you know what I mean. But the, but what I wanted to see, and this is me personally, and that everyone else will have their opinion. And you know, Ben, Ben's a lawyer and the president. But what I wanted from it, and and we got, was. Whether you agree in principle about the federation, who's on the federation, um, whether you like me or LPR's connection to it, um, and just to clarify that, right? Yeah, just let's, like, let's go there. What is what's your sorry to interrupt? What what is your like right now? Like what the, before before it became our NSO? Uh, what was your uh, role, I suppose, on the on the board at the NSO, uh, the NZESF? Yes. Uh, did you say what was my role on it? Yeah, before it was the NSO. Yeah, so so the way it started, we, well, I was one of the um, you know the founding members. What happened was when we did that whole original going back to the you know the New Zealand Gaming Championship, the start of that. What what we've realised is because of our sport background, you know, which we've talked about, Tim, you know, coaching is is understanding that there is a framework in the country, right? There's a framework in New Zealand that is different than anywhere else in the world. And that's not me that built that. That's no one on the NZDSF. It just was built that way by the government, right? And unless you're my auntie, um, big ups to Dr. Margaret, you know, she and you want to be radicalist, take on the government and locking down roads, the reality is 
you build into the framework. And we rang the government and said, hey, man, like, we want a body that represents us. Oh, there is no body. Okay, well, how do we get the body? And, you know, Ben went through that, said, no, go over that again. But the reality was, that was the idea was, okay, no money. You're just a named group. I mean, you can't really put anyone on it because it doesn't do anything in principle at that point in time, you know, going back five years. And everyone goes, oh, but how come Dwan's on it? Or how come this? It's like, reality is that anyone could have started the same kind of group and done the same journey, and they just didn't. Um, we were lucky that Ben had some legal. And just to be clear, that's that was what it was, right? It was just like, it's funny now you think about it five years later because you're an NSO. But, you know, five years ago, it's otherwise just me and you talking like this now, bro. You know, like, oh, hey, should we start a basketball club, bro? Yeah, yeah, okay, let's do it. But you don't know what the future of that looks like in five years. And so we, we went and the government said, this is at least your framework. And we don't think you're a culture group. We think you're a sport group. And again, that's where the argument came. It was never about, are you a you know, are you a sport? Aren't you an esport? Is it sport? You know, that whole conversation. Like, I never really buy into it unless it's media. Like, I say to people, it's like, man, it doesn't really matter. What happened was the government put us in that position and said, you have to be an NSO. And we just followed that path. And me being in the media, um, you know, that helped. And so I was just one of the, you know, the spokesperson. And again, there's no money, never has been any money. And that's where the LPL connection came because really there was nothing. Now, then, like I said, going to the, the future is great. We got what we wanted, and I think is a legacy play for my kids, your kids, their kids' kids, is, um, and that's what I wholeheartedly care about the most, is if I step down tomorrow off the board, and I won't be on there forever, you know, I am proud, and no one will know my name. My kids will go to any um, college. Their kids will go to college, and you will be able to, like you can for rugby and for basketball and for softball, and for chess, and for debating, you can go and play for um, your school, right? There is funding poured in there. And that's what people got to realize, right? That's the bit. And so that's where the NZSF bit is really important, that whether you think it's needed because of this, or, or um, oh, these guys are you know, opening up wagering, again, that's not NZSF. That's the way the government built the system. And now it's about making sure into the future that the governance is correct. And I totally agree with people coming in going, it'd be great to have some fresh faces on the board. It'll be great to have X, Y, and Z. Um, whilst the board's great, and it's, um, you know, and I'm one of those members, like you said, is that was to get it to this historical point. And I think people haven't really championed that enough that even community groups should be like, that's great. I can now go and get trust funding. I can go to my local Māori groups. I can go to sports groups. And instead of the local touch um, you know, touch or softball or basketball groups getting it, you know, digital natives should go get it, you know, standing fair should go get some funding. And that only happens because of the NZSF, right? Whether we're involved holding hands or not, but that's true. So with it being an NSO and uh, with the board being, you know, an open entity, anybody can be championed on to, to go onto that board, right? Correct? Yeah. I mean, Ben um, will be able to give you the full diligence, but fundamentally, yeah, like at the end of the day, this is a bit that I always kind of chuckle to myself, you know, it's like, yeah, and I saw that meme, I think it was like, LPL and the money train goes round and it goes this to that. It's like, come on, man. Like, the reality is it's a national sporting organization, dude. Like, it's like, this is, if anything, people should be happy that didn't weren't a fan of it because actually it's a full government-exposed entity. Nothing can go anywhere without any open visibility, right, because it's government-funded in a way, right? So, so that's the bit. And then to the bit about people on the board, yeah, there's obviously – you need to be a member, like any, any sport, as you know, right? And then there'll be AGMs to, um, to elect and people have to come off. So there'll be a number, um, and it might be six at the moment, um, and Ben can clarify that, but there might be six people on the, on the board and then in time – you just, um, you know, people will be elected and whatever. And I think that's the major thing is 
look at the future and everyone always looks at today. I never look at today as such. I'm like, in five years from now, when I'm back surfing and Tim, you're, you know, you're the new John Campbell on TV three and everyone else here is, you know, doing whatever. It's like, there won't be, there's not a question of LPR. I'm not there. You know, John doesn't work for LPR. He's not there. Ben's probably moved on. And all of a sudden you've got whoever it might be. And me and you are going to be, you know, kind of, looking at it from afar going, oh, that's interesting. You know, these people are going to do their job just like rugby and everyone will choose a new chairman, a new person. So it's got to operate like that. And that's what will happen. I think one of the biggest things that everybody, everybody that does, and I mean, like, if you get educated enough about AGMs and NSOs, RSOs, you know that it is, I mean, the government put that in place because anybody can get on it if you were a member. And that's probably one of the things that I'm like, like, I need to kind of like, find out what it is what what issues what documents you as a member and because you you know there's no it's really funny because on like there's no way to become a member like is everybody a member i'm, I'm not too sure is, is this on the nzdsf you're talking about yeah uh, you can, so there's um you can sign up for membership um, and that's to be fair, this is, you know, um, me digging deep on it, but, but Ben will give you the details, but generally you can sign up to be a member, right? Like not everyone is a member. You have to want to be a member. It's like a sports group, right? Like yeah. talking about ball, you don't just be, you know, I mean, even though me and you play ball down the court, I'm not part of North Harbour basketball unless I sign up for North Harbour basketball, right? So I've got to be a member of similar like sport. I've got to be a member. And then from there, I can attend the AGMs, right? that's the next step up the chain is I'm going to attend AGMs open, whether that's digitally or physically, you come and see what's going on. You put your input as a member and say, I don't like this. I like that. I want to have a look at the, you know, the books. I want to see where you're spending your money. Like all that's just like a sports group. And that, I think that's great, right? It's open visibility for everyone. So no one should feel that there's some cloak and dagger going on, right? Just yeah. to be reiterate that point. And then it's, and then from that, there's a board that runs that, right? And you've got to have a president um, and those elections come up. And that's when new people can come on and people can get voted on and off. Um, and that's re-election. And that, again, like that's not a process that's new to the NZSF. That's just a process of any sporting organisation in New Zealand, which we fall under. But I, I think like, because looking at the website right now, it's zero dollars to be a member. Yes. This is what's so funny. is like everyone has this opinion going back to your original one about, oh, but it's LPR driven. It's like, okay, think about this. Again, if me and Tim and whoever else started this from scratch it would only be me you and whoever else started it right because we're putting in our time our effort and we're the ones who have, have putting that effort in to think that it's a, something that could happen in the future and it may never have been a thing right um and that's fine that's just the kind of the part of it right so it's done now and that's great and like i said it's historic and, I, and i'm really proud of that and i think kiwis in the future should be amazed that that would ever to create a brand new sport is amazing and now if you think about what I'd call part two, that was part one. We don't have to worry about the history of it. It's like, it doesn't matter. Now it's now it's an NSO as of a month or whatever, a couple of months ago. And now it comes down to governance and anyone can come and be a member. And they can have their say. So there's no point throwing rocks and sitting on Twitter and going, oh, yeah, but, you know, it's like, man, like anything in life, right? If you want to have a say, you've got to get on the wagon and then you can make changes. Because I think that's probably one of the biggest things that, like, and I try to, like, after I had a conversation with Ben, and because I, I used to be on the, I used to be on, I've been on a lot of RSOs with basketball, like counties, Auckland, even Harbour, I was, I was uh, working for them. And then, like, I was on uh, BBNZ for a little while, just to help out, like, um, and learning the ropes. That's where I learned the ropes with Natu and some of those dudes. So my thing was, is like, okay, so we have the framework here to, you know, because, I mean, being, a, being an NSO, it has to be universal it's the same thing 
yep. you know, as, as softball as anywhere else. And it's just around finding what exactly is a, um, what exactly is a member, what constitutes a member. And that would be just signing up for, for zero dollars, pretty much. Yeah. Being a gamer on it. And then you sign up, right? And so what the NSO has to do, you know, NZSF is, so like I said, if we forget stage one, and hopefully that clarified for everyone, is like you said, is it's a long journey, right? That blood, sweat and tears for everyone that was involved. And it's a vision. It's a hope, you know, it's a dream. Um, and it was never about the pipeline of money because you don't know whether it's ever going to come. So people are thinking that you're magically thinking you're going to get there. That may never have come. I may be still sitting here 20 years from now and, and it never became an NSO, right? Because that's a big, big deal. And so you go, okay, great. That's stage one out the way. Now it is about, as of a month or so ago, there is going to be funding slowly trickle through. And so it's what you do with that money that dictates good governance. But like yeah. I said, if you're a start of a new sport, even if you take, forget esports, take basketball or touch or something, you go, what does it look like now when you've gone from no money as a touch organization, and in this case, esports, and you get $3,000, right? $3,000, $2,500. What are you going to spend that on? You yeah. can't get employees at the moment, you know what I mean? You can't, you, you know, that might tweak your website a bit more and maybe pay for a poster, but that's not enough to move the needle, right? So all these people coming in the other way going, oh, but why don't they build a venue or why don't they do X, Y, Z? It's like, yes, in time, absolutely. Like, like that would all be part of it, but you've got to start from scratch. And at the moment, it's great. We're in SO, that'll help, that'll open up doorways, and then the money will come in, which everyone will be able to see, and then you have to think about where you spend it and what's the best way to spend. But even $100,000 isn't enough, bro. You know, if you think about sending, like, basketball New Zealand just to paint a picture, they get from just the wagering side of it from um, the TAB, they earn $3.8 million. It's 90% of their, their money coming. Right, exactly. So they've gone from nothing to $3.8 million. So, And if you think about NZDSF and you might be making $5,000, that's a big difference. So you know you're not going to be New Zealand basketball year one. And that's what people got to understand too, that it's, again, another journey. It's not like all of a sudden, just because we're in NSO, we've got a million dollars and we can just go out and bankroll the world. It's not the case. Think of it more like, great, if I'm an if I am a community group, if I am someone that is in this space, and we've talked about a few people that are in it, they should look at that as whether they want to align as a member. One, they might get change. If they don't, that won't affect them going out to their local communities, their trust right. funds, and doing yeah. what they want to do. All right, cool. So you, we talk about money, and I think this is where some of the Chinese whispers happen. Okay, and of course it's going to be about money. Fucking hell, it's like that's where it always. Is. I think a lot of people have this misconception that you being on the board and uh, at the um, federation and being an LPL is a conflict of interest, which I have to agree with. I think you know, like obviously, it's it, there's got got to be some kind of thing going on. What do you think? Like, how can you clarify this? That like it, it is in you know there is no conflict of interest in terms of LPL and uh, and the federation. Well, the first thing is is going back to the original five years ago, right? So, so is it fair that you put in five years and I'm not on there? That would be the first thing, right? So it's like saying, okay, cool, like because you're talking about two worlds kind of growing in real time, right? And being on there, so that's one thing to just to consider. It's not like you're going, oh, awesome, because people. It's different if it was already an NSO and you had some sort of magic path to the end. It's like that happened organically and naturally, right? That's one. Two, those who say that I shouldn't be on the board, come on. Like, that's the thing is, like, of all the people that should be on there, I would be actually the other way saying, think about LPR and the landscape and what it brings. Think about the stories I told you in my history in gaming is I would suspect you would probably, want, like, if you were to pick someone to be on the board, you'd probably think that I'd be one of the better ones to be on that board, right? That would be, 
that would be my opinion. So I don't think there's a conflict of interest that way because if you started the board from today and then NSO was granted, who would you put on there? And that, like I said, is from me, and I'm not talking about other board members, I'm talking about me and because I'm the only one connected to LPL, right, is yeah. I'm the CEO of LPL, but I'm also a person, and therefore I think that I am one of the right people to be on that board. You know what I mean? You're definitely qualified. And so if you think about that, those two things, one is you don't know where it's going to go and I was there at the start. Two is I think my credentials stack up as good as anyone else in New Zealand, right? Like that's true. You know what I mean? As far as different areas and facets of what I bring. Now I'm not the, I'm not perfect, but I certainly have, you know, certain insights and skills. Um, and then, you know, the third thing is if you think about NSOs and they're talking about conflict of interest, if you look at basketball, we keep talking about basketball, think about, the fact that, like, um, someone like Dylan Boucher, right? Dylan Boucher was the general manager of the Breakers, yet he was on New Zealand Basketball Board. So is that a conflict of interest for the Breakers? You know, like, it's it's not, right? People people don't go, that's a conflict of interest because Dylan Boucher's a basketball player and he was a great and he, he went on and he's the general manager of the Breakers. Isn't that sort of similar in the sense of, no, I'm not a great of the game and no, I'm not Dylan Boucher. But what I'm saying is, he was the general manager of the Breakers, yet he was on the board, and everyone was like, that's great because he brings insight from a basketball background, but also a commercial entity. Do you know what I mean? But I think with that situation, I believe that it was like, I think, I mean, I mean, from what I remember from that situation, he was on the board, be- and it's the same thing with you. He was yeah. on the board before the Breaker thing happened because he was working with the Breakers there, you know, because he's a, he's a legend. He, he yes. plays for them. Yeah, so, okay, so I think what I mean, it's sort of similar. Then, okay, then the BBNZ thing happened, and then it was like, okay, that, that's it's not a conflict of interest. But like, um, I mean, because that's the, that's another thing too. Basketball is quite an old, like compared to you guys, it's quite it's a, it's an old sport. You know, you guys are very very new in, into things, and it's like it's in its infancy stage, really. So I mean, you know, like it's. I mean, I get it. I do understand that, and yeah. But I, I mean, I'm just pointing it out, like like a lot of people. That is their real kind of like the governance of it. That's that's one of the things. And I do. I mean, if we talk qualifications, like uh, you couldn't name another person that had, um, you know, like the the experience that you have. But like, uh, yeah, just to cl- I'm just trying to clarify. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. No. It's fine. And that's why I was sort of clarifying it individually, right? So that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like I'm talking about me. I'm not talking about other people. It's not my place to do that. You know, I think that's fair. That as an NSO board member that the community have the right to ask any of them. But, like, you know, the question was clarify the LPR and, and my bit, right? That's a conflict. And I'm saying, well, I'm, I'm the CEO of Let's Play Live, but also that's I feel that as an individual, I have the credentials that would stack up anyway, right? That That's how I see it. And what I'd say is if I got off that board and therefore – perception changed like and that's what i was looking at and go fine and you know i might i might get off that board and and the reality is like i said is historically i'm really happy it's five years and taking a lot of shots for it and i'm i'm proud even if i was to get off tomorrow right that that's cool but if you pulled me off who do you believe like and that would be always the question is who do you believe would be a better person to jump on there and fill that spot now there may be others you know what i mean and that's cool and that's what i'd say is if there are people who want to challenge that people who believe that they have those sort of skills and can be a better person again it's not for me to judge that it's just to basically saying you know you welcome that and it's a, it's like any board people think they have different skills but i i still think that based on having out you know the visibility i get from publishers the visibility i get from you know the commercial examples i have from lpl as a single person on that board man i think that's okay and i think the intent for me as far as me individually speaking as a dad and as a coach as you know it's about 
I, I believe that that is good, and I, and I represent everyone to do better, you know? And it really doesn't, like, it doesn't really come down, uh, with, with it being a, um, a non-for-profit or an um, incorporated society, it really doesn't come down to the board who decides. It's the members that decide at the AGMs, correct? Uh, sorry, you're talking about the... Um... So at an AGM, like, the, the, yeah. like it really, like, you know, the, 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 the members, I mean, this happens at every, every AGM. You know, when you do your term, all the members come in and they vote and they say, yeah, this person is more uh, like their credentials kind of outmatch this person. So we would like them to be, the, the, you know, that, that's how an AGM works. Yeah. Like this is, this is the thing, right? Like, so it's basically an AGM is an AGM, you know, like, and that's it is if people haven't been around sports and I understand that some people just wouldn't have listening to this chat or just people within gaming, you know, knowing what I know from, um, you know, being around it is they, they don't see it that way. And that's what it is. And like you said, is again, going back to the original point, whether, whether this fits for esports or not is not really the question for me because the system was built, right? So the system was built to your point about in an old school manner, which was built around how sport is traditionally run. And therefore those things follow the same path. Whether we, whether you like that or not, and even if you ask me personally whether I like that model or not, I mean, you know, the argument it is kind of null and void because at the end of the day, the, unless you've got a problem, you want to go down and speak to the sports minister or the government and say, I don't think esports should be in so and therefore it shouldn't be run this way. It's going to go that way. You know what I mean? It's like it's like basketball or squash or any of those things. Um, rightly or wrongly, that is what the model is. And like you said, as the AGM will come and, and me, the more members, the more voices, the more you kind of have to um, kind of answer to that, that those people. And it's only the start of it. And that's why I say, I like I kind of, when I say challenge, I, I, I wish for everyone to jump on there and go, the more people on there, more background, all the people who are unsure about it, jump on, jump yeah. into the mix as a member, put your sense in there. And then basically you can get change um, or at least have, you know, feel like, like I said at the start, you know, you, 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 at least you've tried, right. You know, you've put your hand up and said, this is what I asked for, but doing it on Twitter or something isn't really going to serve the purposes of being at an AGM and, and, or trying to stand as a board member. Yeah. I just, I just feel like, uh, like the understanding of how a, how an NSO and, and how that works. Like, um, like I think that sometimes, you know, and, and Twitter's like that people just get on there and fucking say shit. But if you kind of like, that's why I've been very like, like okay, let's kind of let's kind of let's let's have a look around the the Fenua and have a look and see what's going on, because at the end of the day, if if you uh, and you guys are an NSO and you are a, a, a incorporated society with with a with a board that needs to tick off X Y and Z in terms of the AGMs and, and, and advertising your AGMs and things like that. Like I, I don't, yeah, yeah. It's easy to go if you guys, but it, what's really hard is what would really help is if you start voting with your actions and becoming a member and showing up to the AGM and putting your hand up and saying, "Yo, I'm, I'm keen." Like, yo, like I'll, I'll get on there if people would vote me on. And that's yeah, helpful. and it's helpful, and that's the thing. And and then you know people go, oh, and it's back to the original. Is like the like I've never had a cent from the NTDSF, right? Like, nor has LPL, nor has anyone, because there's never been money in the coffers. And so this kind of notion of not doing it for the right reasons, like, really? Like, we still had to do AGMs. I still had to turn up there. I still had to go and speak at Sport New Zealand. I still had to speak at the government and fly to Wellington. And who paid for that? That's my own pocket, you know what I mean, to make that happen. And so it's like, again, back to the point, great, we got we got NSO status. 
if you don't know an NSO that's not our doing, you can hate it all you want, but like I said, go pick at the government for creating the system. And now it's about, okay, great. Now it's ticked off. Welcome in, get involved. Um, and like I said, as in time, think about it in three years. If you took me off the board and you took off Ben and you, and you added other people, um, it would still be the same process. You know what I mean? Like, so, so remove the people, just understand that the system is built that way. Yeah. So that, that is the selection process on, on people, right? Like, so at the moment there's a board and the selection process is if you show up to the AGM, you, you're a member, you you can put your hand up and then uh, you get voted on. Is that? I think usually it's a second, you know, like someone's got to second you at, um, and there's got to be a space on that board, right? So usually, for example, um, and this is just boards in general is, you have like, you know, a two-year term or, or, or it's a, you know what I mean? So that for that reason, you know, so people can be elected or a chairman can be elected and, and the like. So it starts that way. And so it'll be something like you, some will have to second you to come onto the board and then, you know, there'll be X amount of votes to get on there. So that's, um and again, I think that's something that um, we'll probably clarify and we'll just get Ben to kind of clarify for that and we can find. Every then, idea like that's, just, that's what I'm saying. Like that's the thing. Is this is it's not like sound like I'm cryptic. It's like I'm just that's that's why I'm not a lawyer. But the reality is, is that's the same as every AGM. You know, whether it's basketball, New Zealand, or sport, uh, surfing, or whoever. Right? Um, it's the same. It's the same deal. Uh, also, on the um, just so you know, on the um, website to become a member, it sends you to a um, a 404. So if you can get that, okay. fixed, I'd love hey, to. We'll get it. We'll get it fixed. But the thing is, again, that's right. You know what I mean? Like that, even that website, I mean, is, that, is average. So, you know, apologies to anyone that's jumped into that one. But the reality is, again, there's no money to fix that. Hopefully soon that will be, you know, at least starting to start pouring through and getting it sorted. And like another thing, if, you, if you're adding things to that website, the constitution does need to be online. Like, like it, it's, it needs to be there so we can all have a look at it. But if you could pass those on to whoever needs it. Is the constitution not online? Is that not, no, not the case? Not online. Did you ask that was one of the questions I asked, and then it was like, "Oh, yeah, it's online." And then I had a look; I couldn't find it because I wanted to know what exactly is a member. Because in order to be on the board, you need to be a member, correct? Yeah, we might be able to um, clear it up for the next. I'll have a chat to Ben. Like that's just yeah, that's a Ben kind of piece. But yeah, it's certainly um, yeah. I mean, there's nothing underwater in there, but you're about to you see it. So I have a chat to Ben, and we'll see what he can do. Yeah, um, and, and yeah, in terms of like uh, like grants and funds and you know, like uh, all these different uh, types of things you can go for, you know, through Lion Foundation or NZCT or whoever you're going for. What what do you think would be the, um, where would, like, say, say I don't know, we'd just go a, a clear number, 100. Like, if you had 100 bucks, where would the, if we're going to cut it into uh, things, where do you think would be the most effective place to put that money? So for me, spending the 100 bucks, so, and this is, the really important bit, right? So for me, I'm very big. I think the NSO should stand for regulation and wider education, right? That's just me as one of the, the six on the board. And so one of the things to me is who goes into schools? And, you know, again, we keep talking about coaching, Tim, you know, because I know you understand that is who is, we teach rules in basketball, right? You know, when you're a coach and you've got Harbour Basketball, you know, or BBNZ, you're teaching rules and framework. The moment there's none of that right and that's a dangerous place to be in my opinion so for me there needs to be one education who is teaching everyone about safety and not just talking actually like there's programs in schools there's help from you know um whether it be government funded kind of um curriculum all that stuff to, to teach people and that's into either being a player that's being a coach that's right through to being a broadcaster but equally into hey if you play games you know that's great for stem industry so for me i'm a big big advocate of the education piece i'm a big advocate of the regulation when i say regulation that's not like regulating 
some community event like that's not really it it's about actually work with the um with the government to go okay what is safe practice what is integrity because you know all that stuff creeps in right like there's rules around rules when you think about other sports and that again isn't here so how do you protect any gamer that wants to enter someone's tournament and you know i know there's some stuff and i don't really want to comment from lpl generally speaking about someone else's tournament but i know that you know there's obviously um you know something floating around at the moment that people are kind of like we were promised something that didn't deliver right yeah um yep. and and you know people can argue that for lpl but it's just go with either one of those examples right if, even if you remove me um is and say i'm not a board member it's like that should be the case like who is looking after and who's kind of going there should be a set of standards here right yep. and whether you adopt them or not that's up to you you know as a, as a community person like that's how sport works like normally if you want to be sanctioned by rugby or sanctioned by touch or rugby uh, basketball you would go to the national body and they'd sanction your tournament and by doing that that kind of falls you under a set of rules right that are safety rules really and that's the regulation but so mine is education regulation and then obviously i think needs to be more infrastructure you know and to dave's point at standing fair that you just mentioned um is exactly right i think you need more um facilities i mean you've got basketball courts which we love you know i'm a rugby guy that's cool they're on every corner because we're kiwis but the reality is where are all the facilities you know and i know um you know Waikato University and, and Tom and that and, and that crew down there, they've got a great facility, I think, you know, through Omen. That, that's rad, right? Like, that's a wicked facility. LPR is a closed facility. It's a wicked facility, but it's not open because it's um, like TV3. It's a it's a closed-off um, corporate kind of entity. So, we you know, we're about broadcasting live TV, so it has to be closed off. But where are those ones like what they have done there at uh, Waikato University? Where's that, where's that? So, as a federation, they should be thinking and championing kind of government to go instead of just building a new basketball court can you add on a basketball court plus a um uh you know an esports kind of area for the community so that's for me those are the three areas for me that i'm championing with on the board which is um yeah education regulation and um and for me infrastructure do you feel that um like in terms of lpl as a brand do Mm. you think that like um how can i explain it like theme like is just stay in the future for lpl is it just staying in the esports brand or is it more around gaming uh to the to the regular public or are you guys trying to do every put your finger in every pot or what's what's the I, plan going forward yeah i think when we first started you know going back again with the blueprint we didn't know and all those stories like for me um we're kind of quite we're, we're quite simplistic now in what we want to be you know and what we are which is we see ourselves as um a tournament or uh, you know a tournament operator um you know similar to esl and if you think about that model is really um what do we offer? You know, we offer kind of, you know, a platform for you to be able to play games. So you're a league creator and then we're a broadcaster. You know, that's kind of where we sit. And so we're about, you know, generally the wider gaming community that can taper up to the top divisions, you know. So we still see ourselves as being able to deliver, you know, some of the top professional kind of um, leagues with the top players in it and deliver those across multiple platforms, you know, and that's a, that's similar to what, you know, ESL would be. I mean, we've seen Gfinity come and go out of the, out of the market and we're the other player at that kind of level. So for us, it's always about kind of the, what I call kind of big box, you know, in the sense of someone's going to drive that kind of, who's going to do the deal with ch- um, channel seven, whether you like TV or not, who's going to kind of do those bigger leagues that we see, whether it's, you know, Overwatch league or, and their first party, of course, but that's where we see ourselves. And then, of course, you've got peripheral content around that. But some of it's general, right? So it's really about being a TO, but also having some sort of gaming tournaments. I mean, a great example of that is Fortnite with, 
you know, the All Blacks and 660 and stuff playing, um, you know, last week and this week, that's a, that's gaming content. You know, that's not hardcore esports. That's just offering it out to the, the wider consumers through mass media partnerships. So that's kind of where we sit. And you guys are, are like, in terms of uh, bringing new uh people in to see the you know see esports and see gaming as yes. much more than just you know like like oh the, the nerds in the basement type shit like you know um is, and do you, does that fall under you guys do you think yeah. well yeah i mean it's always been like you know for me that's one of the things is um you know about being in the general media because why do you want to be on the news like no one what like no one does it's like actually they do like the parents do you know and older generations do um, and then, you know, one of the first things, the reason why, you know, rang up the Warriors at the time as in the, you know, the rugby league team in that second event ever for LPL was for that reason. I always felt that, you know, by breaking down the stereotypes, it would make it better for everyone. You know what I mean? Like it was like, man, like why is it when you think about, say, the perception of the Warriors, it's about them being these big musty dudes or the All Blacks. But the reality is I've had all of them through my studio. You know, there's 16 of them that play Call of Duty. That's a true story. You know, I've had whether it be top-end All Blacks like Rico Awani or musicians or whatever, 18 to 34-year-old, um, they're all gamers. So my bit was always just trying to tell that story, and it still is. It's like, man, it's okay. Like, you can be a – do sport. Don't be afraid of gaming as well, you know what I mean? Or you can, you know, be a musician, but you can also game. Like, And we're seeing that now right across the globe. It's kind of, you know, this nice crossover and mesh of people at that generation doing all of it. And that's, I think, a really important part of it is making sure that it's okay the stereotypes wrong and you can you can game if you want to game and then play music and play sport and surf like it's it's up to you what you want to be and gaming should fit into that category yeah um and then like in terms of if anybody wants to ask because i know we're running out of time and there's quite a lot of questions that people want to ask mm. you're open like like to, people can email you the like questions and things like that yeah anyone can email me and like that's what i said is like you know you're, you're kind of we we chat on email so it's straightforward it's um D-U-A-N-E, and then it's at let's play live. So if anyone ever wants to kind of go, hey, I've got a question, or like this, man, like I'm I'm really always open to, to chat. Like it's not like I'm exclusive. It's just like I said, sometimes people just, I mean, if people want me like you, we, you can get at me, you know, and if anyone wants to chat, man, totally happy. And I, like I said, I think I, I'm quite a straight shooter. I at least try to be as honest as I can without, um, you know, the agenda. I'm just trying to tell you how I have my opinion. Everyone will have their own opinion, but that's just how it is. So, um yeah hit me up happy to chat but like i said i don't have social media so that's just um the thing for me i just um everyone kind of wants me to get on there so that i guess they can either burn me or whatever but but i'm just not on there man it's just not my vibe so um but yeah email me but old school like that and then yeah happy to chat man or call me all right cool we'll get into some quick fire questions man we gotta yeah all right what's the best bakery you've ever been to uh the best bakery is the one now the best bakery is up near um, in Red Beach, man. That stuff is so good. It's not even yellow pastry. It's fresh, mean pastry. Seriously, go to Red Beach Bakery. Red Beach? Where's Red? Where's that? Red Beach. That's up in the um, Whangaparoa, up oh. in the north of the north. It's nice, man. Like, that's the best bakery by far. And they, the best is always the sausage, man, like wrapped in pastry. That stuff is good. You mean the sausage roll? Is that what you're talking about? No, nah, no. Nah, like, a, you know, like a, a frankfurter, you know, like kind of a oh, crazy yeah. And yeah, man, like that stuff. I don't even know what that is. And they're always sold out if you don't get in there early. Okay. Uh, what's the best? What's your go-to at a normal? What's your best pie? Oh, mince and cheese, hands down. Mince and cheese. Oh, easy, easy. Yeah, why not the steak and cheese, man? 
nah. Because you can get bad steak and cheese. Mince, mince is always the standard. You're always going to get that. And you can have that from budget Big Ben all the way through to, you know what I mean? Like bakery pies. Nah, mince nah, and cheese. Bro, you can have some gelatin shit going down, bro. You've ever had a mince pie and it's like some gelatin shit? And you're like, hey, what's going on here, mate? Shit, some <laughs> yeah. mint For Maybe sure, for sure. <laughs> Maybe that's just our South Auckland. Uh, what's, uh, what's the first piece of KFC you go for? Oh, drumsticks. Easy. And I order those all the time, man. Like, that's it. I mean, me and my wife and the kids, man, like, straight up, as soon as um, COVID, we were there, we were, that, we were that crew, man, just sitting there for, like, an hour and a half waiting for our bucket, man. Like, straight. And that's, like, drummies, man, no doubt. I don't know about the drummies, mate. Um, I eat heaps of them, but they taste good. Yeah, but there's not enough meat on that shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I know, but they taste good, man. It's oil. And, like, the mean it's spicy. Yeah, we know it's fucking oil. Everybody does. But, we, you know, <laughs> that's you probably get more oil in the fucking drumstick than you would from like like a breast or a thigh. You know? <laughs> yeah, but it's nothing like a drummy. But yeah, that's my go-to KFC. Okay, bro. Do you um uh do you wear socks to bed, bro? Nah, electric blanket at the moment. But I do like um socks and shoes. I'm a socks and shoes guy rather than a jandals, even though I surf a lot. Just like having socks and shoes, but yeah, nah. Nah, I don't yeah. like socks, man. What was the um little 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 mullet duan out here with his bro? Uh <laughs> what was the uh what was the cartoon bro growing up? Oh, the cartoon had to be Voltron, man. That was like, remember Voltron? Voltron over Transformers, bro? What do you reckon? Yeah, nah, Voltron, easy. And you know, just when they started connecting, man, you follow the cats out of each of their layers and they just connect. That was mean. That was like, yeah, Voltron was it for us, man. You ever get into old Thundercats, bro? Nah, nah, but like, nah, there's definitely, um, and like Danger, remember Danger Mouse? Yeah, bro, I remember yeah, Danger, Danger Mouse was there, but yeah. Yo, they had the dopest theme song ever. Yeah, it did. And anyway, that, was, that dude was wicked. So now it was like, for cartoons, yeah, Voltron was like, well, we just fuck on, man. Oh, man. Uh, bro, do you have pineapple on your pizza or no? No, pineapple. I like it cold, man, but most pizzas come with pineapple hot. And pineapple's not hot, bro. Like, you know what I mean? It's cold. Man, the best one was John Campbell when he was on. He goes, I asked him that question. And I go, do you have pineapple on your pizza? And he goes, no, I'm not a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. You don't, and it's like it's like tomatoes too. Like, why put those a stew on the top? You know, people add tomatoes or pineapples. No good, bro. No good. Oh, I'm sorry, tomatoes is good, man. Tell it. No, cold, cold, sweet, but not the. You know, people probably uh, people just jump. I mean, I, I'm not on Twitch, but if people are just jumping off now talking about tomatoes and pineapples. They probably like the earlier bit, but you know, now they're probably like, what? Oh yeah, oh that's, that's uh, they know that when they come here to this chat, they know that I ask the stupid questions. Uh, anyway, um, what's the go-to Mecca's order? Uh, every time, and I, as Mac is, is if you download that, um, download the app, yeah. and then you can get yourself for ten bucks, bro. You get the, you get two burgers and fries. You don't need to drink, bro, because you can just get a drink at home. So you get two burgers and fries. So it's always a quarter pounder McChicken, and if you're hungry, you add in a, um, you add in a McNugget. Get some nuggies in there. Nuggies, nuggies. But if you, well, I mean, cheeseburger mayo goes good, but yeah, but that's like you know, that's never really filling enough. So you have to run like yeah. You have to run the double up burger and fries and then chuck in the nuggies. What's the sauce on the nuggies, bro? You sweet and sour man? Nah, barbecue. Barbecue. Do you like the sweet and sour? It doesn't really taste like sweet and sour though, bro. The barbecue tastes like barbecue. Yeah, nah, it's too, too spicy. It's not spicy, it's too rough for me. You know, I like I likes me a little little sweet and sour. Okay. I haven't <laughs> had the other one. Uh, what what else? This is those two and there's another one too. There's like there's one it's that hot nobody or something. It's hot musket or whatever. Yeah, fucking nobody gets that shit. 
Um, <laughs> uh, what's um, bro? You Android or Apple, bro? What What are you rocking? Oh man, this is a this is a bugbear for everyone on my team, man. I'm so anti Apple. Like it's average, max average, because it doesn't work. Like yes, and I'm I'm Android, Samsung, all day. Uh, yeah. I, I once I got my first Android, I was like never going back. Was, nah, Apple is average, and that's our thing. Is like I and you know Macs, they don't work with any functionality. Like I say, it's like man, Bill Gates built the world on Microsoft, bro. Like you know what I mean? Like let's just stay there. I mean, as cool as it is to have Apple as a cool brand, dude, it doesn't work, bro. Functionally, you need to be on you know Microsoft. And they they built that shit up though they were like oh man if you want to do like this and you want to do this you need a mac back in the day and you're like oh yo 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 and now you're just like nah not even. yeah and then it became like a hipster thing for me you know like and like designers i get like cool man you know if you're designing like i get you gotta have a mac that's 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 cool like i get it but if not are you just jumping the bandwagon man you know oh. what i mean like hipster is gonna hipster but it's like man i don't know i'm probably getting so much hate people going whatever man macs are rad it's like no that's just my opinion man. you know well fuck them Okay, this is this is me and you talking here, brother. Right, man. I just shoot shoot it straight. It's like, man, that's just my opinion. You know, you can have your own as well, but that's it. Android definitely. What's definitely. your What's your favorite pair of Jordans, bro? Um, probably. I mean, now you know, obviously that 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 whole last dance thing when everyone is coming back out. But I don't really like the last you know the ones that he played in '98. Um, I think it's a Jordan. Well, the originals are good, obviously. Um, but the it's the Jordan threes, I think. Those are the ones, bro. The Jordan threes. Jordan threes. They're the um, Jordan threes were the first ones that Tinker Hatfield designed. And they're very, very good. Yeah, that's fun. Man, and, and like when I, we we couldn't afford them back in the day for basketball, man. But it was just like they were just so they were like, man, you just wanted a pair. I think you can jump, and I couldn't. So. Elevens are mine. Elevens. Are, oh, mate, I'll tell you what. I could. I've got. Oh, I've got multiple pairs of elevens. I have more shoes than I could even fucking imagine. Like, because when I was growing up, I was wearing fucking Dunlops, mate. Oh, that's wearing... it, right? Power Rubbers. Power I was wearing Power Rubbers. Because the Jordan 11s, are they the ones, they're like the shiny one, eh? They had the, um, that's the shiny black and white ones, is that right? Yeah, that's the ones, the Concords, they're the ones the Concord, that yeah. underneath it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. the one. I mean, everyone at those things were like rad, and obviously they're dope, but yeah, I like the more, yeah, the earlier people ones. Got, people got shot over those. <laughs> like back in the, not, not in New Zealand, but over in the States, they would get, yeah, yeah, they would picked off. I'll tell you, hey, it's, it's a, just before we wrap it up, I'll give you a good story. This is a true story, too. Everyone's going to be like, is back in where I, down Brown's Bay, as you would understand, right? Down there, they had the original Nike factory, okay? Yeah, and I actually, over from that was where they filmed Shortland Street, Shortland okay? Street. Yes. Ah, yep. yes. And that, yes, I know. Yep, keep you going. Know? Okay. And so, truly, that's where they distributed Nikes, right? And we were like, you know, like, even though we lived over there, man, we are like, you know, didn't come from a lot of money. But what we knew was that all the offcut of shoes, they would slice one of the shoes, bro. Like, there yep. was a pocket knife, and they'd chuck yep. them in that bin. And oh, what we'd do is we'd roll our bikes down at night with torches, and we'd open the bin, and you'd just be time it, bro, just like in the movies, because the security guard would come. And you'd jump in, you'd, let, you'd like, to two of you ride out with a bike, one would jump on with a torch, and then you'd ride the other bike off so the security guard couldn't see a torch there. And then you would hunt around and you'd get try to get the pairs. And whenever you get the pairs, you'd just be like, man, you just won lotto. And then you'd go home and, and they'd always cut the inside. So the outside looks sweet. They look dope as. And then you'd get nylon and get my mum to nylon them together down the slice. So you'd Ooh. actually be like, so that was that was a true story. That's how that's my first pair of Nikes was from the Nike bin with nylon. I remember. I, yeah, I, I do remember that. Uh, I remember going down there because uh, Joel was like, yo, this is uh, where they filmed Shortland Street. 
and because he lived down there. And then I yeah. was like, oh man, that's a Nike right there. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we didn't know that they threw that shit out. But I do know that they, they used to, uh, like my friend used to work at Only Hunger, and that's what he told me. He was like, yo, they cut that yeah. stuff off the boat. Yeah. That's true, but sometimes you just get one or, you know what I mean? Like, they wouldn't have both in there, but usually they'd chuck both. But you got to go a full skip to get them. But, yeah, that's that's a true story as well, man, about the Nikes. That, that was how it was, original. Was that a, was that the, the origin story of how you did the Splinter Cell thing? Then? That's how it all started, right? So it started <laughs> there with the mullet. It went from a mullet and uh, Leisure Suit Larry to Splinter Cell getting done by, um you know, the Texans wanting to shoot me. And then it moved into Let's Play Live with probably the community wanting to take me out. And then it went to NZSF, and then, you know, the, the rest of New Zealand wanted to take me out because, you know, anti-gaming. No, you were like, Ubisoft came to you like, bro, we need some ideas. And then this flashback just came of you and you and your little friends stranger <laughs> things in it through the fucking Nike outlet. Like, come on, man, let's get that shit. And they're like, boom. And then, uh, yeah, that's how it is. That's how it started. Bro, who's the, uh, what's the top three uh, surf spots in New Zealand for you? Oh, easy. Um, uh, Raglan. So, obviously... Um, and, and these and that, so obviously that's not so secret spot. Um, up north where I'm from, that's um, you know, Ahipada. I'm a goofy footer, by the way, so that's obviously why. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, my man lives up here and um, he lives on the Fana land, he's in um, uh, Mato Bay, so that and my auntie's Dr. Margaret Mutu, so that's you know, she's quite gnarly up that way, so yeah, we're up there, and that's Ahipada as well. So Ahipada, um, Rags, Ahipada, and then I'll give a shout out to my local because I, you know, surf out there a lot, and that's um, Mud Bay out there in the west coast, that's my local. What about uh, internationally? Where, where's some spots that you hit that you're like, whoo? Oh, Fiji, like, so I've surfed, you know, Indo and France and um, lots of places, but certainly I think, um, you know, the place that's amazing is really Fiji. Fiji, cloud breaks next level, man. Like, you know, you take the boat out there, it's world class. Um, but yeah, well, I used to work at Globe, that you used to go up there every year, and that was a Globe surf comp, and it used to be closed off, so the Fiji government wouldn't let you, no one could surf out there. They can now, but before that, you couldn't, man. And so we'd go out there with Globe, and we'd be able to go out there, but the problem was, man, when you jump in the water, only the other pros are out there. So it's like Kelly in the water, and Vermintaj, and everyone. So you'd just be too scared to take off and get away because you feel too bad. But yeah, but then now you can surf out there. So we go up there, and yeah, that Fiji's good, man. Fiji's world class. Who is the best in-game dunker of all time? Who's the best in-game dunker? We have uh, an argument about this, I reckon. Yeah, man, there'd be like three, but like you know, you have to think, you have to give respect to like Kemp. Kemp was ruthless. Like Sean Kemp was wicked, but that's just because of the generation that I was at. Yeah. Um, Vince was mean, um, but then probably I'm probably going to miss something, but definitely like probably Doctor J, just because he was like, you know, the, the OG. But then Jordan as well, you know, so probably those. That's like four? Yep. I think VC, I think Vince Gunn is the best in my opinion. Yeah, so that's like Vince to me is like right there. As I said, him, that's like right. second, second year. But think about Sean Kent when he was just absolutely tomahawking dudes. You know, when, this, when Seattle was mean, like that was ruthless. But, but VC did like rad stuff. Like, And I tell you who's underrated in this generation is Paul George. Yeah. Like, I Paul know. George does mean, you know, he does a three, like he just, because he injured his leg. But pre that, and young Kobe was legit too. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, I've kind of, I've kind of gone off the PG wagon after this whole Clipper thing. I was like, eh. yeah, weak. Okay, see him and Durant, weak. Yeah, both of them. Yeah. What's your team anyway? What team do you support? Um, you know, originally it was like, like everyone on the Bulls. Um, but I must admit, like, just I mean, I, I'm probably more of a 
I like all of the NBA, you know what I mean? Like I, like I just don't like certain teams, you know? It's like the NRL, you know? I don't really follow one team. I just like watching NBA, I like watching ball. So I don't follow any. I mean, obviously, I follow LeBron at the moment, um, you know? But I, the one team I don't like is Golden State. Nobody likes Golden State. <laughs> so it, I like I like any team, but there's some average teams to watch. Like Chicago is horrible to watch now, you know what I mean? Like Sacramento was average for years, but they're, they're okay now. But you know what I mean? Like everyone but Golden State, man, that's just average, man. I don't like that. The Knicks are my team, and I'm, I hold them dear. Okay, they suck, and they've sucked ever since 1997. And, oh, they had a good year in 2010, 2009, but then after that, they've just stunk. Yeah, but I'm, I'm loyal. I'm fucking loyal. And I, I will never go any other way. And because I love, I, I, I'm New York is my jam. I went to Madison Square Garden, man, and I cried. Bro. Like that's How, how good. How good. Beautiful. Like, the, yeah. just like you walk around and there's like memorabilia. There's like Hulk Hogan's fucking wrestling tights when he wrestled there. Did you so, see um, was Spike Lee there? He's I, always I, there. Did you see I him? I went for a game. I went for a tour. The, it was, I went over there during when the NBA season wasn't on. Well, the, in, in, wait, wait. The NBA season was on, but it was the playoffs. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're and, not. Like the playoffs. and neither was Brooklyn, so it, it was like, yeah. Yeah. Well, but, um, do, you know, do you know, just to, to tie that two together before, um, you know, it's probably wrapping it up, but at E3 one year, this was when NBA 2K, E3, and that was the year that Kobe was um, in a battle with Boston. So it's Boston versus LA, um, and that's when, you know, Kobe won. Again, you know, they won game seven, and that was all around the time we were all in, um, that was in, um, in E3. And that year, and um, they had a full basketball court set up at E3, and inside that, Kobe and that turned up, man. And they were, like, in there jamming and then playing video games. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's crazy how they, like, yeah, they just show up. And, like, they not, like, to those kind of things. I've been in a couple of situations, and I'm like, fuck, was that just such and such? And then I'm like, yo, I coached against Barrett. This is funny. Uh, um, here we go. Um, I was the assistant coach for Kenny McFadden. And uh, we went over to we went over to uh, San Diego. And I was just the bum boys, pretty much, because Kenny don't need no help. And, <laughs> bro, we played the USA in, uh, this, in San Diego. Their team was Durant, fucking Greg Oden, <laughs> Mike Connolly. And there were all these high school kids, man. And then, like, you know, they, they would have been, like, sophomores. And yeah, then fucking we got smashed. Obviously, Corey was what? There. Was that juniors? Yeah, yeah, juniors. They were like, they would have been like maybe sixteen. Nah, like, like younger than that, maybe fifteen. Oh, is, that, is that like? Is, was that all of like Tom and Corey and Houston O'Reilly and that team? It was Potu, Potu Edwards. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Corey was in there. Tom was in there. Oh man, who else did we have in there? We had Rory, David, David Clark, Rory Fallon. Yeah, you know David Clark works in Rewa, man. He's a he's a police officer. He's a police officer, yeah. yeah so yeah, a, he's yeah. a man. Yeah, so he's a man. So he he doesn't really ball that much, but he was he underrated, was bro. Underrated. He was good. He got a college scholarship. But yeah, that team was stacked. That was um when um they used to run a squad over our way called um Beats. Do you remember Beats? Northside. Northside, yeah. And they ran the squad called Beats, and they had BJ Anthony in it with um and his old man used to run it. And Leon used to jump in that shit. Yep. He was like so like like yeah, yeah, yeah Leon Henry. But um Yeah, he was there and I they, and I remember coming back from overseas and my dad used to coach obviously over there and coach Corey and that's my brother's year and and Tom and I remember them all, right? And they're young and then we come back and now they're all like you that's that's like just as they're all JTs, you know, all junior tall blacks. And I remember playing them um in prems and going, Man, all these young dudes have got tall and then 
Corey on a fast break or his two on one and he threw an alley oop and I turn, you know, as you turn your head behind the, the hoop and then Tom, this white dude, two, two, white dude grabbed the two hands and just threw a two hander on my head and I was like, okay, and that was Tom. Yeah, Corey to Tom. And then they, you know, that was, yeah, they were good, man. They were real good. Man. good night. The OSAC team was on, like, nobody could beat that team. No, nah, that's why they won two years in a row. Like, Corey, that was crazy. Corey, Rory, David Clark, Tom. Well, that didn't matter. That's like four of them. You know what I mean? That's four of their starting five that have gone on to be NZ, you know? There's someone I'm missing from that team that was dope as hell. But anyway, anyway that's, that's, hey, we could talk about that all day. Shit. Anyway, dude, <laughs> that's us for today. Thank you so much for your time, man. I know that we went way over time, but that's okay. All right, we had a lot to talk about, you know? Um, so if anybody wants to hit you up, just email you through. Yep, email me, D-U-A-N-E at letsplay.live. Um, but yeah, you obviously anyone else you can, can get at me, but but straight up, you know, really um, open to it. I think, you know, the takeaway be NZDTF stuff, I think you should get involved and, and be a member. Um, hopefully that clarifies a lot of things. If they want to get at me and just ask about generally about anything that's off the record suite or get involved, um, then, you know, that's my email and, and happy to chat, bro. But thank you so much for having a chat and having me on the show. Really appreciate it, bro. Awesome. Choice, bro. We'll catch up soon, eh? Yeah, catch up soon. Thanks, heaps, man. Yo. I hope you guys enjoyed that, um, that corridor. Uh, Duan is a, uh, he's a business savvy dude and it's, uh, there's little gems if you, if you listen in. Um, no, but uh, we'll see you on another on another episode. Uh, trying to drop these out uh, every day, so uh, I just want to say massive shout outs to everybody. Uh, if you can uh, share, also I've got no reviews, man. I've got no reviews. Hook a brother up with a review, eh? All right, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace.